Hello, everyone, and welcome to Untangle, the meditation podcast from Gaim. I'm your host, Patricia Karpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who have devoted their lives to teaching and helping others through meditation. In today's episode, Emily Fletcher, founder of Ziva Meditation and a teacher on the Meditation Studio app, talks with award-winning director Rebecca Dreyfus and executive producer and yoga teacher Elena Brower. Together, they talk about their film, On Meditation, a series of beautiful portraits of experts who have developed meaningful meditation practices. They're here to tell their story. I'm really, really honored to have an opportunity to have a conversation with both Elena Brower and Rebecca Dreyfus on all things meditation, but I really want to learn more about the documentary film that you guys made called On Meditation. I've seen some of these portraits of you know meditation leaders and meditators, and they're so beautifully shot. They're so inspiring. So I would just love to know what was the original impetus for this? What was the original idea for it? The uh, original idea came from just wanting to start my own practice and struggling with it, you know, living in New York, I'm a filmmaker, um, just like blah, blah, everything's fast, 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 including my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had wanted to start a practice and I started and it felt really challenging to me, like more challenging than anything else. Like ask me to do anything except sit quietly with myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. So since I'm a filmmaker, I kind of started thinking about it and do what I always do as a filmmaker is I started to explore it because I wanted to understand it for myself. And I was like, how do other people do this? And because meditation is very private and very inward, it was sort of like, how am I going to go about this and how am I going to get access to people and how they've done it? And that's kind of where the single subject segments came in, which was like to go in deep with one person at a time because everybody has their own way. And so much of what I was interested in is actually kind of private. Um, And that's how it all got started. I think one of the things that was most interesting for me in this journey of doing the 10 portraits that we've done so far is really having my mind blown wide open about how many different traditions there are and how many different ways there are to meditate. And it's like, well, actually, that is like a really broad um, term. Uh, And that's been interesting and challenging and confusing. Um, I very specifically wasn't picking a tradition to explore. I'm interested in people. So I was choosing people that interested me. And then it just sort of turned out that they were all coming from different traditions. So I sort of got like this sampler of a lot of different Um, practices, and I've been doing a Vipassana practice. But that is kind of a little mind-blowing when you realize, like, it's not only meditating, it's what meditation works for you, and there's so many different different types of meditation. And Yeah, thank you for saying that, because this word meditation, as it's getting more popular, it's becoming like the word food or sports. You know, and playing golf is not the same thing as playing football. And they do different things to your mind and body, and it's one of the reasons why I think this film is so important. So... I mean, Elena, since I know you, I know you've studied so many different styles, so many different styles of meditation, so many different styles of yoga. You've trained under so many masters. And I wonder sometimes what that's like for you when you wake up in the morning. How do you decide which practice you're going to do that day? 
Oh, I can't wait it's to so hear the funny. answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been recently that I've, um, I slowly am transitioning back from doing Vedic meditation every single day to um, what Rod Stryker has given me, a meditation which is basically tantric, tantrically based. Hit the, my mantra for, for that type of meditation is actually a song that I've been singing forever. A song? It's, it's the words of a chant that I've been singing forever. And we sat for some time. We were teaching retreat together, um, Rod Stryker and I recently. And we sat together, and I finally asked him for a mantra. And he, we sat for some time, and he looked at me, and he said, Oh, it's, the, it's this four or five words, and, and here's what it means. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I've been saying that for 15 years out loud. It's one of my favorite chants. You know, everybody from Krishnadas on down has sung it. So I sit for the same amount of time with um, the practice. Now I've just added a little more breath work at the beginning, but not much, not much difference. And that's what I do every morning. But it's it's it, it's my food. Talk about meditation as food. It is my food. I don't know what I would be or who I would be without it. And recently I missed a morning. And I was a monster to my child. <laughs> I was a monster, straight up. And he looked at me at the end of it, and he goes, you didn't meditate today. And I was like, yep, you're right. Oh, I love it when kids call you out on it. Like, Mommy, have you missed your meditation? <laughs> he full on called me out. Good for him. Yeah, good for him, good for me, good yeah. for all of us, really. Way to, yeah, way to keep each other accountable. And I think this is an important point because so many people, I think especially moms, mm. you know, feel like I do not have time to meditate. I have to give my time and attention to everyone other than me. And and then we're giving from this place of depletion or lack. And and I think it's it's such an important paradigm to really give people this knowledge that if you take the time to fill yourself up, you're giving such higher quality time and attention to your family and your job and everyone. So thank you for sharing your, your personal yeah. experience. I'm much more fun and funny when I meditate. And you're pretty fun and funny. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, because I know, Elena, you're one of the portraits that happen in the film on meditation. Did you, Rebecca, did you come to Elena to be one of the portraits or did you come on as producer first? Like what happened first? I forget. <laughs> well, I was a student of Elena's back in the days of Vera Yoga. And we have the same birthday, we found out. We're definite kindred we're spirits. We're, we're kindred spirits, October the 13th. So I've been shooting people, you know, for a living for my whole life. And I get a sense um, about, like, when I need to shoot somebody, that person, I need to shoot that person. There's something there. So anyway, I was Elena's student, and I knew I had to shoot Elena. So I had come up with this idea, and I wanted to shoot her. And I started talking to her about the project. And she said, let me, let me do it with you. Let's work on it together. And I was like, Really? And I was that. blown over I, in the same way. I was like, why has nobody thought of this sooner? We, Of course we want to know about meditators and what their experience is and what their ritual is like and what their practice feels like. And what a great line of questioning. Mm -hmm. What an informative um, documentary this would make. Because I think also in starting out, and even now, it's interesting. Like, I felt so intimidated. Like, well, who am I to be, you know, making this film about meditation. I don't, I, I'm just, all I am is a person struggling to start a practice. 
That makes you the perfect person to make the film. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Elena's encouragement also, um, Mark Epstein is a mentor of mine, and he also was like, said exactly what you said, like, go. go yes, go. go. So, and I think in some ways it does make you, a, it's like being a tourist in a way. You have a whole a whole different set of eyes. So uh, I think it was good, but I definitely, it was, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot to take on. Of course. But I think the structure is so beautiful because it does give you these these windows and pretty in-depth windows into these different lineages versus trying to make one narrative film or one, you know, cohesive documentary, I think sometimes gets confusing for the exact same reason that the word meditation gets confusing. Because even though all of these different styles are bringing you back to the most amazing version of you, as you're learning and as I learned even more through the film, they're pretty drastically different roads to get there. And so I feel like this is something that can be a challenge for someone starting a practice because, well, this person's saying focus and this person's saying clear your mind and this person's saying let go and this person's saying you have to be disciplined. And and that can be overwhelming, I think, to start. And so the way that you've done this film, it's so beautiful because you get to have a more in-depth understanding and appreciation of each tradition and each person, which I think strangely liberates people to make their practice their own. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> That's ideal. It is ideal. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, and I'd love to hear from both of you. If you had a magical wand and you could wave it, and this film... We'd all up... be in Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be on the beach right now. Yeah. But if you had a magical wand and you could wave it, and this film could have any ripple effect on the world, on meditators, what would that effect be? My immediate answer would be children. Like that it gets seen by all the teachers all across the world, that every teacher finds a, a tradition or a style that he or she appreciates and incorporates that into their teaching. Mm. All children, yeah. The children, the children are the most important thing. If they can learn early how to, how to be alone with themselves and love themselves enough that sitting alone actually feels great, like a really good refuge, we win. And so I so agree with you that giving children that, that refuge and that window into how to be with themselves. Yeah. And I just want to share that I had the great honor of teaching Elena's son, Jonah, to meditate. And I'm just curious to see like what, how that's been for him, for you, to have that practice together. Give me the update. He The other day, I said, what do you do in those moments when people are being... Okay, so the conversation started with... Uh, him being inconsistent. We were unraveling that moment where I lost my temper. And it had been the first time in three months I'd been keeping track. We'd been keeping track. And I said, you know, you promised me the night before that you would be totally consistent. And then the morning we woke up and you weren't. And I'm taking full responsibility for my behavior, but I would like for you to take full responsibility for yours. You know, you were not consistent. We spoke the night before about whether or not you had experiences of people being inconsistent with you. And you mentioned that you have this one friend who's one way with you when you're alone and another way with you when you're with a group. This friend is not nice to him when they're with a group. But when they're alone, they're best buds. Mm. Ouch. Okay? Ouch. Mm -hmm. So I said the next day, I said, so what do you do in those moments? I would like to learn. What do you do in those moments when he's being mean to you and you're in a group like that? He goes, I just sit on the side and use my mantra. And I was like, oh, my word. It makes me want to cry. I know. It makes me want to cry. I did cry. I was just thinking about like my little boy just getting ostracized and sitting on the side and chanting his mantra to himself inside. I was just blown over. 
And sure enough, it made us closer, like every other good unraveling does. So if you're a parent and you're listening to this and you've had a hard time with your kid, just go apologize and ask the kid what you could have done better and talk about it so that you can move forward in a nice way. I think that all parents and all people have a lot to learn from from the way that you parent. So thank you. It's a mistake from mistake to mistake. And somewhere in the middle is like some really great moments. So in terms of my answer about what your magic wand, wand, my answer is kind of simple. It almost goes back to Elena in a funny way, because I think I think what a good teacher does and what Elena does so beautifully and has inspired for so many people is inviting you into your own practice, Mm. Um, not giving you the feeling like, well, I need to go be with this teacher to know how to practice, but actually like giving tools to open the door for yourself. And I think that is what I hope the film does for people mm-hmm. like you know as many people will tell you you there's you can't talk about meditation right you can, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say yeah. about meditation we'll do nothing for you the only thing that will really do anything for you is to practice actually meditate is to actually meditate so i feel like the i'm hoping the film is an invitation like a little opening of the door like come on in mm-hmm. let's see what you want to do mm-hmm. so that was mo- that was what i needed and that is i think what i tried to accomplish with the film so mm-hmm. And so, you know, talk to us about where, where we, how can we support it? How can we see it? What's happening right now with distribution? Um, so the film has just been acquired by a big independent distributor. So they have the Alive Mind Cinema Film Festival, which is um, going to be in about 10 to 15 cities. And so the film will show theatrically, and then it will um, go to Netflix and Amazon and other venues like that. So... You can support the film and come and come and watch it, come and stream it. You can come to our website on meditation.com. It had it had a pretty interesting road though, this film. It was on we had it on PBS for some time, public still, television. It's still on PBS playing. I get the funnest phone calls from people who, you know, in the middle of the night, hey, I was looking at the TV, I couldn't sleep, and there you were. What? <laughs> and I know I noticed on the website it says volume one. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that there might be a volume two? Might you continue to do these portraits of people? We still have ideas about people that we want to shoot. It was structured in such a way that we could actually go on forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be endless. So I'm just waiting for, like, the universe to come and tell us what's next. Beautiful. Like, we had to get to this point, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually volume one and two. We were calling the first ten. So it's like five portraits is a volume. And we put the first two together, and that's what we'll be – um, it will be a feature documentary, mm-hmm. um, and that's how it'll be distributed on Netflix and at the film festivals. Each portrait is how long again? They vary. Most of them are around five minutes. There's a couple that are longer. David Lynch is longer, and then Mark Epstein and Arlene Chichet are longer because there's two of them. We did a portrait of them as a couple. Mm. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So, uh, so they they turned out to be longer. Yeah, that was really interesting. Looking at how the practice had affected their relationship. Mm. So I'm sure you love, love them all, like you would all of your children, but is there a favorite child? Is there a favorite segment, one that just came out really beautifully or something that surprised you? I like Congressman Tim Ryan's. Mm. There's something about that one that's so surprising to me. The first time I saw it, I was like, what? Guy in his suit, floor of his office, D.C. Politician. Politician, absolutely out there to get as many meditators as he can. He, he leads in Congress. Like it's unbelievable what he can does. we get a witness 
Yes, and can we get an amen, and can we clone him? I mean, I joke with him. I say, you're really out there on a limb in that environment telling everybody to meditate. He is, and he's proudly out there on a limb, and his whole staff just is so out there with him. It's so good. And it's working. I really have a lot of respect for, you know, the Tim Ryans, the Dan Harris's, the... um, Ray Dalio's, you know, the people who are in what we consider to be more traditional, you know, buttoned up sort of, you know, white collar uh, positions, because I think it maybe not now, but a few years ago, it costs them more to, to out themselves as meditators. For sure. And so I really appreciate the bravery of the people who have been trailblazing and leading the way. So I'm curious to know from your perspective, you know, you started this many years ago, and meditation has changed so dramatically. I know. <laughs> yeah. Cause we mean, had no idea. We had no idea. We were just like, all right, let's make this film. Let's see who we can help. Yes. We had no idea that it was going to be the wave that it is. And so how? what has been the biggest shift to you? Or why, I guess a better question is, why do you think that meditation is hitting a tipping point right now? Nobody can go on without it. It's medicine. It's total medicine. You said it. And people are people are hungry and thirsty for spirit and for connections to themselves that actually help them. They can't look to teachers anymore necessarily. They have to look to themselves. This mm-hmm. is the way. And all these different traditions and styles and studies and people, they're all taking you to the same place. You said be the highest version of yourself. I say it's it's that. It's it's finding refuge in any moment. You know, that never moves. Mm-hmm. But it's all going to the same place. It doesn't matter how you get there. Mm-hmm. Focus, let go, you know, mantra, no mantra, breathing, no breathing, whatever it is, you're going to the same place. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel better just from her saying that? Sure do. It's just so relaxing. <laughs> Finding the refuge in any moment. Is that yeah. what you said? It's always and everywhere and never moves. And so how about for you, Rebecca? What do you, why do you think meditation now is becoming so mainstream and hitting this tipping point? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I feel like we've gone so far astray as a species. <laughs> so far away from nature. <laughs> well, just from, like, common sense, you know, um, in terms of what we value and the way we live and what we teach our children and um, certainly in this country – I feel like we've gone really far away from what makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's no better way to, you know, it sounds corny, but there's no better way to find your way home Mm -hmm. than by sitting. Mm -hmm. You know what it does also? I find that when people really get starting to meditate, there's a shift that is uh, sometimes unrelatable to meditation where I've noticed they start to cook more and they start to stay home more and go out less. I'm not saying that they don't have a fun life by any means, but they're even, on the other side of it, more spontaneous and more able to just go at a, on a whim and not have a plan and have the best day ever, best evening ever, um, because they're meditating and because they feel so safe in themselves. They're not looking around for other people to validate them or help them feel safe mm. in their endeavors. Mm. That's kind of important, too, it feels like. Yeah, it's huge. Trusting yourself and trusting your own ability to hear, you know, how nature or spirit or your gut is guiding you in that moment. So I'm curious to know, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the film? Not not necessarily about the film, but I guess what I'm interested in is how has it shifted or impacted people's lives? How much have people given you a window into that? 
anytime we show it, there's a big sort of outpouring of like, I want to start a practice. I want to try it. Like people haven't tried it. I want to try it. I think it definitely is enticing in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been the best part, just watching how many people, even if they don't start a practice, how many people are so intentional about it after seeing the film. If nothing else, it plants a seed, mm-hmm. or if the seed has been planted, it will water that seed. And so you'll meet people exactly where they are on the journey and help to move them forward, which is all we can ever do. Beautifully put, yeah. And I think you can plant that seed and it can have to sit there for a while sometimes, yes. you know, which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. I sometimes will have people come to my intro talk and then they won't take the course for a year, sometimes two years later. And so that's been a big thing for me is just relinquishing my timing and my sense of control and trusting that nature's ah, got this. Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good for you. It is good for me. I call myself a recovering control freak, <laughs> and I, I'm only recovering because of meditation. <laughs> That's for sure true. I still, I still find myself falling into that trap, but I definitely see I'm, met, I'm much better because of the meditation. So that's an interesting question. What do you think is the single most exciting shift that's happened in your life personally through your meditation practice? No more temper. Really? Yeah, except for the other day. But it was literally three months between the last sort of outburst of just teeth gritting frustration with whatever the situation was. And really, if I were to back up and look at the videotape of what happened, there was no reason for me to be mad or, you know, raise my voice in any way. Mm. But that's, uh, except for that instance, gone. Wow. Gone. My days are so smooth. There's such a, um, you know, it's like, have you ever seen a paver? Have you ever driven behind a paver? So satisfying. Or actually, the 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 um, what's it called that goes around the ice rink? The um, oh, the zamboni. Zamboni. Meditation is like a zamboni. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I I mean that, and I don't mean that, but I mean that. It's like it's when you watch the zamboni go over the ice and smooth it all out and pick up all the detritus, and you know, it's like a clear glass afterwards. Mm. That's the way I feel. Beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't matter where I'm sitting either. I could be sitting on the train, a taxi, whatever. I sat on the way here. What would you say then to someone who's starting a meditation practice? And they're like, you know, well, Elena Brower doesn't have a temper anymore, and she doesn't get mad at her kid hardly ever. And so, but I am meditating, and I am feeling a lot of things and a lot of rage. Uh, What would you say to that person? I would just say to keep on going. The consistency is everything. And without the consistency, you really can't, you can't count on results. Mm-hmm. Mm. that's what I would say I would leave it right there just remember this one thing be consistent and, and don't count on results I like that because it's funny as meditation is becoming so popular in the West and as we're commodifying it and as we're you know branding it and it's it's like you can't help but lead with the results, right? When you're selling something, you lead with what someone's going to get out of it. And then people go into their practice with this set of expectations. Well, better cure my insomnia and fix my migraines and help my sex drive and give me better parking karma. And then if those <laughs> things, which is PS everything that I promote on my website. Um, <laughs> but, but then it's tricky because you go in and if you have those specific expectations, meditation might be doing all these other things for you, mm-hmm. but you're so attached to what you think should be happening mm. that it's hard hard to see how nature is healing and helping you in the way that it knows best. Mm. So I think that's very sage advice to, you know, let go of your expectations of what you think should be happening. Yeah. Says the recovering control freak. <laughs> no, it's true. I think that's the best. That's the best. Um, 
you know, pointer. So, ladies, is there anything else that you would love to share? Anything that you would love to elucidate our listeners on? No, look out for the new. Look out for more of these um, portraits, though, for on meditation because it's mm-hmm. it's getting on time to make some more. Yeah, yeah. I'm raising my hand. You're in. You're in. You're, it's already done. See, so, yeah, so check out onmeditation.com and elenabrower.com. We can find all of your goodies there at elenabrower.com. Yes. yes, beautiful. Ladies, thank you so much for the work that you do in the world. Thank you for your curiosity and for your studentship and your teachership and for your time and your attention. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to know more about this beautiful film series, On Meditation, go to onmeditation.com. We look forward to sharing more inspiring stories on our next episode. If you have feedback or suggestions for stories, email us at untangle at And don't forget to check out Gaim's Meditation Studio app in the App Store. See you next time.